0: On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, holy hell, the Toronto Raptors might have themselves a capital D, dude. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, November the 6th. And I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on X, or whatever the hell we're calling it the colloquially these days, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at LockedOnRaptors. And, of course, you can find the show on Discord. We have a Discord server for all of our loyal, loyal listeners, a great little community we got building around the show. It's free to join, and it's an awesome place to be. Come hang out. The link is in the description of the podcast. Would love to see you in there. It's a lovely little spot. We're all the little sickos who love the podcast and love the Raptors get to talk about the podcast and the Raptors. What more? could you want you can also of course find the show for free wherever you get your podcast subscribe follow rate review etc etc on all the various podcast apps and of course we are on youtube each and every day hit the little notification bell and you will get little updates of oh the show's premiering in half an hour let's go check that out and you'll never miss an episode. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time, which is the number one spot to go buy yourself some tickets for your next event. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LockedInNBA for a twenty dollars off your first purchase. More on them a little bit later. Let's get to it. The Toronto Raptors come back from down 19 and a half, down 22 at one point in the first half against the San Antonio Spurs and Victor Wembenyama. And Scotty freaking Barnes is just doing the thing again. 30, 11, 6, 3, and 3, 5 of 10 from deep, 9 of 20 overall. Uh, Just a thrilling, thrilling superstar-looking performance from Scotty Barnes, who has continued to be... Just bloody awesome every single time out for the Raptors so far this season. Here to gush about what Scotty Barnes is doing and get uh, I don't know just carried away with our praise and our hype and our optimism and all of that is our good pal Vivek Jacob from uh, Yahoo Sports, from Sportsnet, from uh, Play in the V, the wonderful cricket newsletter, Big V. How the hell are you, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. Speaking of cricket newsletter, I got my India jersey on. Hey. undefeated, eight and zero. There you go. Keep it going. <laughs> but no what
0: could go wrong everything you know whenever things are going well in a big you know international tournament for any team you yeah. like you know it's all going to go exactly perfect with no hilarious dramatic heartbreak right <laughs> uh, exactly no that's that's uh, pretty much the way it's gone for the past decade for India, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so not not looking good on that front but mm-hmm. um coming back to the raptors good things i mean scotty barnes
0: holy god man <laughs> like, where do we begin <laughs> uh yeah I, I am just over the moon watching scotty barnes play basketball for the toronto raptors we will of course get into other stuff from the game against the spurs we'll get into og ananobi his incredible defense on victor Wembanyama, who himself is bloody incredible we'll talk about the changing team hierarchy as pascal siakam once again struggles uh we got the good the bad and the hmm all that coming up later but I guess just from watching this game, do you have like an overarching Scotty takeaway, Big V? I I just, you know, there's individual stuff in his game that's really fascinating. There's big picture stuff for what this means for the team going forward. Uh, But all told, through seven games, Scotty Barnes is just living up to everything that anyone could have possibly dreamed about like three, four, five years down the line. And he's doing it in year three. It's nuts, man.
1: Yeah, you mean besides the fact that Scotty is him? I mean...
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Oh, start I've been to trying to avoid like, using the, the, the nomenclature of him, but uh, I guess it's just <laughs> seeped into the podcast lexicon now. That's cool. Whatever. He's him! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the start he's had to this season, the three
1: ball looks so good. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of freaky. Like, obviously, small sample size. He's 16 for 38, 42% to start. Let's see how that plays out. But the confidence he's showing, like, especially mm-hmm. when he hit that step back to tie. Like, I tweeted it out when it happened, like the way he caught the ball. You could sense that, you know, it's like, hey, I'm trying to take a three here. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. Hey, let me survey the floor. Let me see if I can create something for someone else. Let me, um, you know, get to the basket. The funny thing is he admits later that he thought it was a four point game and he thought he had to lead the one.
0: (laughs) Wow, doesn't have clock and and score awareness? What a bum. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
1: and then there was the awareness play too, right? Where he steals a ball at the end and calls the timeout and gives them a chance to win the game. Uh, You know, could have almost been called for a travel, but focusing on all the amazing things he did uh, in this game, like first half was a dud for everyone involved Mm -hmm. uh, on the Raptors side. Then, Except OG
0: kind of kept him in minute with his yeah, shooting.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, and, and then the way Scotty kind of led, uh, I probably want to say, you know, more so in the fourth and like kind of just like building up in the third. The offense at least found a flow that was the positive of that third quarter. It was like mm-hmm. the defense wasn't really there, but uh, the offense found a floor. Seven, uh, 75 points in the second half after 35 in the first. Um, Their
0: second best half court offensive game of the season, about 98 points per 100, which you'll t- will take every single night if you're this Raptors team. Yeah. And so I think,
1: yeah, I think if there was a huge takeaway, it's like, yeah, we see everything that we need to see from Scotty. And we hope that this continues. But again, going back to the thing Masai said about, hey, let's see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I think it's become abundantly clear of how the roster needs to be shaped moving forward mm. um, and like if you were looking for hey let's wait and see where Scotty is at with his game like get get that engine going like <laughs> yeah. line up yeah. the pieces as best you can uh, around him know that you need shooters around him know that you need to space the floor right around him and um, you know you, you have a good dose of athleticism uh, on this team already but it's clear on how you need to build around him.
0: Yeah. I mean, what were we saying all summer long? Like just pick a direction, man, just like pick a direction. And Scotty is picking the direction for them. I I think the details of the direction are still to be sorted out as to like who sticks on this roster, who doesn't, but very clearly like Scotty's a dude. He, you know, might be a capital D dude when it comes to like just general NBA terms. If he's going to play like this, do I think he's going to shoot 42% from three all season long? No, but he's given himself such a buffer that he can drop down to league average-ish and have a bad spell and still be well beyond where we thought he'd be and kind of where he needs to be to be an effective lead guy. Um, It's just really, really thrilling. And, you know, you're starting to see, too, you know, okay, teams are now worried about him a little bit as a shooter you saw a bunch of pump fakes kind of get jumped at victor Wembanyama in particular late in this game scotty gets a swung out to him on the wing he kind of does a little quick pump fake thing Wemby gets off balance he blows by for a two-handed dunk and like scotty with a reliable three-point shot that teams care about is a scotty barnes who can get to the rim which means scotty barnes is kind of on the track to being a superstar right like That's the thing that's been missing is his ability to kind of get downhill into the teeth of the defense reliably every single time. And if defense is going to be playing that three-point shot and the pump fake becomes a thing he can lean on, that's only going to go up in terms of the number of drives he's making, in terms of the number of paint touches he's achieving, and it all kind of is interconnected. Again, you know, how, how much will this last? How reliable is 42% from three as a gauge? You know, three-point shooting doesn't normalize even over the course of a full season sometimes. We're still very much in the experimentation phase with this, but if teams are going to start guarding Scotty Barnes differently um, because he's such a threat, whether it's as a shooter, whether this is a guy that you got to send two to the ball at when he's at the post uh, that's going to open up so many things elsewhere for everybody else and kind of have that uplifting superstar effect that the very best players in the NBA have. Um, and then sometimes you can just go do it as bloody self, which he did many times against the Spurs. It was freaking awesome. Uh, I-, I mean, how long are we allowed to, like, wait around before saying, like, this is who he is? I feel like seven games still feels like not enough, but he's gotten, like, better in every single game, it feels like. Um, and I don't really sense that any of this stuff outside of the three-point shooting is super unsustainable or outside of the realm of possibility for keeping up. Uh, at what point are we allowed to say, like, this is just who Scotty Barnes in He is. He's, like, one of the 20 most impactful players in all of basketball, which he has been so far this year by by far
1: yeah to call him one of the 20 most impactful players in basketball i'm gonna have to see it for at least a full season sure sure when we go uh back to what his focus was this off season which was conditioning he talked about Mm -hmm. that at the end of last season he talked about it it, you know at media day i think that's probably the one thing you would point to and say okay let's see what the legs look like next month and the month after after that and then Mm -hmm. you know we talk about the three-point shot and the fact that it's falling you know he's got some light legs right now. Let's see what that looks like in January, Feb Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And so I think obviously playing at this level is incredible, but let's face it. Like there was a stretch last season where Pascal was playing like a top five MVP candidate. Sure. And and that kind of fell off. Right. So uh, let's, let's see the whole season play out before we call him, you know, one of the (laughs) 20 most impactful players in the league. Uh, There's guys who have done it year in year out that have earned that. Um, And so, yeah, like I think the biggest thing is, you know, you wanted to see Scotty take the lessons from last season and continue off on what he teased in his rookie campaign. Mm -hmm. And that is what we are seeing. Like, yeah, this is the potential that he teased and we are seeing it now. And all the stuff we talked about in that rookie year, it's like, hey, how much can he speed up the timeline and all of that? This is what we're seeing now. And so if you get to Christmas or, you know, clo- closer to the trade deadline or whatever, and he's at this level throughout, right? Then it's like, hey, you know, this is absolutely 1000% the real deal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know the potential uh, is there. It's about seeing sure. it night in, night out hundred percent. And so far, so good on the night in, night out thing, seven games in. I don't think Scotty Barnes has had a bad game. You, the little efficient in the opener, but also had like 5,000 blocks uh, <laughs> doing the whole thing there. Uh, before we go to quick break here, uh, we're going to play another round of the uh, renowned segment that everybody is clamoring for. Uh, sounds we made when Scotty Barnes did stuff. There are two instances I want to ask you, Big V. What sounds did you make when Scotty Barnes, A, hit that step back three to tie the game?
1: um i'm trying i'm trying to remember now because <laughs> last time we recorded like immediately post game you, you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you gotta burn these we sounds into your brain again. man get roommates <laughs> to keep, keep
0: notes of the sounds as well whatever it might I, be
1: you, you know i don't i actually don't think i made a sound this time i, okay. I think
0: it was more like he just got me hype and i was like let's go like. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a perfectly good sound. Uh, my sound when he hit that step back three, look, I watched this game knowing the result. I was out with family yesterday and caught it on PVR afterwards. Uh, and so I knew what was happening. I knew they were going to win. Didn't know the nature in which they were going to win. And uh, when Scotty hit that step back three, I think it was a, whoo! <laughs> was, was my, the sound I made. The other one I want to ask is the, the back down and dunk over Jeremy Sohan, uh, which I, I guess Jeremy Sohan knows what it was like to be any big man up against Shaquille O'Neal in the early 2000s. It's kind of what uh, that was invoking. What sound did you make when Scotty Barnes did that to Jeremy Sohan? That that was more of a, yeah, boy! (laughs) (laughs) Throw it (laughs) down! All right. Uh, Again, mine, far more like uh, automatopoeia than uh, actual words. Uh, I think mine was more of a, oh! (laughs) You're just the uh, sounds guy throughout, eh? My wife is very concerned every time I watch <laughs> basketball. Um, We'll come back, and we're going to get into OG Ananobi's brilliant game, Pascal Siakam's less-than-brilliant game, and the ever-changing hierarchy on this team and kind of what it all means for the second- and third-best players on this team going forward in whatever order you want to order them, I suppose. I mean, Pascal still got the the edge, I would say. But uh, so far this year, OG looking like a serious bright spot who the Raptors are going to want to pay. We'll get into that big old conundrum coming up in just one sec. But first, got to tell you about our good friends over at Game Time. If you are looking to go buy tickets to a Toronto Raptors game, Game Time is the way to do it. If you want to go catch, you know they'll be back home very soon. There's in-season tournament games coming up very soon as well. If you want to get in on the action and go to these games and be there in attendance to root on Scotty Barnes as he makes the leap game time is the place for you. You should not have to worry about buying tickets for your next big event. Game time makes it fast, easy, super simple, whether it's a sport, whether it's music, comedy, theater, all that stuff. Game time is the place to go and it takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You get views of where you're going to be seated. So you know the sight lines and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section row for less game time will credit you with 110% of the difference that is incredible. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account. Use the code locked on NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem the code locked on NBA. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Big V, Vivek Jacob, along as we dig into a very fun Toronto Raptors comeback, win an OT against Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs. And two sort of important pieces in this game, far, very far ends of the spectrum. Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. OG in this game, 8 of 16, 7 of 13 from deep, just pouring them in. If OG can be taking 13 threes every night, Everyone is going to be very, very happy. That is a good, good development. Twenty-four, seven, and four overall. A steal and spent most of his night guarding one Victor Wembanyama. Uh, on fifty-five partial possessions guarding Wembanyama, the Spurs scored fifty-three points as a team. That's very good for the Toronto Raptors. Anything Wemby's go? Wemby goes four of eleven on those possessions as well. Uh, Look, no one's ever going to be able to guard Wemby fully, but I feel like someone like OG, strong, a little bit sort of lower center of gravity, make things a little uncomfortable from below. Uh, That feels like the best shot you're going to have against that dude. And uh, the returns were pretty nice for the first time guarding him, even though OG aptly said after the game, he's too tall, which is correct. He is too tall. Uh, Big V, thoughts on OG's performance in this one? Uh, Sort of offset with what Siakam did, where he had, uh, you know, eight points on two of 12 that he could not get in transition in this game at all. When he did get opportunities, he bungled it away. Um, Kind of a weirdly bad transition outing from a guy who typically is money in transition. Weird game, bad game from Pascal overall. Continues a bit of a recurring trend of him being kind of suppressed within this offense. OG Pascal thoughts
1: uh starting with og just an amazing amazing game his three-point shooting was just so money um and i think obviously as you said before just kind of kept them hanging in there uh when no one else could get going mm-hmm. defensively i think we have somewhat of a blueprint obviously when is his own kind of beast <laughs> but we have some kind of a blueprint of how og approaches defending bigs and mm-hmm. we kind of saw a similar approach like, like Hey, let's, uh, you know, front when we can and deny, let's push him out as much as we can. Let's, you know, just really apply as much pressure as possible to make the catch as tough as possible. And then after that, you kind of just have to (laughs)
0: hope he misses when he shoots over you inevitably. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And so I think all the all the pre-catch stuff uh, was really, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. from OG and, you know, pretty much just doing everything that he can. Uh, so uh, that was super encouraging. And then, yeah, offensively, I think, you know, this is this is kind of like that happy medium for OG, right? It's like, hey, can mm-hmm. you just get him as many open catch and shoot threes as possible? And then here and there, there might be, um, you know, some stuff off the bounce um, or getting it off the glass or w- whatever it may be, right? Uh, obviously had that huge putback. Um, Late in the game. Uh, yeah. And so, add it up yep. against
0: all odds. Very good stuff. OG, pretty good. Late in games, uh, doing very clutch things, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> as per usual. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Pascal. Uh, mm-hmm. went, went off about OG
1: and totally forgot about Pascal. I mean, <laughs> hey, it was easy to forget Pascal that game. But <laughs> seriously, I, th- I think uh, Pascal is just trying to figure things out uh, in this mm-hmm. offense, in this new role. Obviously, he's had several years as the guy. And so this is quite a shift, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, to expect him to just seamlessly uh, plug back into a a different role within the first, you know, 10 games is probably unreasonable. Mm -hmm. And so when we say in terms of things we want to see going closer to the trade deadline or whatever it may be, it is, hey, as Scotty continues to be the guy um, and everything kind of funnels through him, what does Pascal kind of evolve into? And, Mm -hmm. you know, is there uh, room for him to just go back to being more of the guy he was in the championship season, right? Sure.
0: Like a souped up version of that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And is he open to that? Uh, We'll see. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think uh, that that is the stuff that you're looking at now in terms of the way the conversation has shifted with the way Scotty has started the season.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Like, I, I think they have been right to have Scotty become the dude, and Scotty has made it undeniable with the way he has performed while getting the keys that the dude gets. And I do think it's going to take time for the rest of it to kind of figure itself out. I don't think Pascal Siakam is going to be this player all season long, even in this diminished role. He's just too good, and they will begin to layer in things that work for Pascal more, one would think. there are There is room on a basketball team for more than one player to be heavily involved. In fact, you kind of need that. And so I I think there are still going to be plenty of different packages they can implement here for Pascal to kind of get back to what he does well. I think they've left a lot of meat on the bone. And frankly, I think they kind of know, right? This is not dissimilar, I don't think. Obviously, less impactful in terms of overall um upside and ceiling but like we're seeing the bucks for example not really tap into the Dane Giannis pick and roll very much this has been a thing that's been kind of a through line of their start to the season probably because they know it's going to be awesome right and like i'm not saying pascal with the ball in his hands kind of operating with those probing pick and rolls and having a little bit more on ball duty is as elite and dangerous and scary as a Giannis Dame pick and roll but we know that works we know it's a thing they can go back to when the chips are down and it's nice to have different ways to play different players through whom you can operate and Scotty Barnes has proven he can play on the ball he can play as a dive man like there are ways in which you can have both guys involved with one another even and have it be effective a couple things I want to throw at you though Big B. A thing I thought last night a little thing I wrote down they closed this game uh, for a long stretch in the fourth quarter, with Scotty, OG, and Pascal as their three, four, five across the front, and that lineup, those three without Jakob Purtle, the early returns extremely promising. That group last year had trouble defending, um, had trouble scoring as well, obviously, but you know not a ton of rim protection with that group. Scotty Barnes leveling up to this type of defender changes that calculus quite a bit. I also think Pascal's been defending his ass off as more of a wing defender this season, and that's been great to see. Um, but so far, 48 possessions, so a tiny, tiny sample here. But Pascal plus OG plus Scotty without Jakob Pertle on the floor per clean the glass, 129.2 offensive rating, 100th percentile. 78.7 defensive rating, 100th percentile. Plus 50.4 net rating, 100th percentile. Again, infinitesimally small sample, but those three dudes, if they can make it work across the front court where you have more ball handling, more shooting alongside them for stretches of games, that's a huge deal. And that means a great deal towards what those three guys can look like coexisting going forward. Um, Again, there's plenty of information left to glean over the next few months. It may well turn out that the path here for the Raptors is Pascal Siakam just doesn't quite fit. But there just has to be a middle ground here, V, of, you know, Scotty clearly being the rightful heir and taking over as the number one guy and Pascal being like useless and not having any place here. Right. Like that, that it's gotta be less black and white than that. That's all I'm saying, man. I agree, man. I agree. And I think again, that's
1: the part that comes down to, uh, just Pascal continuing to make strides. Sure. And like, what are the conversations behind closed doors of, Hey, this is your new role. Um, not just for the foreseeable future. This is like, as long as you are a Raptor, mm-hmm. we have this amazing kid that is just going to continue to grow and we expect mm-hmm. to grow. And so this is his team now. Are you comfortable with that? Um, if if Darko and Masai and Bobby are making the pitch of, Hey man, like you could be, like you said, the souped up version of you, the guy you were in the championship season, mm-hmm. that could work really well. We'll have to, still make some adjustments, uh, to this roster because, sure. um, you know, even with Scotty's improved three point shot, uh, you want a bit more spacing on the floor. And, yep. and that's where, again, you go back to the lineups that worked. Right. I mean, even when you look at, uh, for example, when otto has been out there, right? Like there's, there's a balance that that gives, uh, mm-hmm. to the floor spacing, uh, that allows them to thrive. And so I think, uh, those are the conversations that need to be had. Um, and then, you know, if it can't work, then you've got a two-time all NBA all-star that, uh, you can use in a trade to get pieces that, uh, maybe work a bit more seamlessly. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, plenty to figure out still, uh, is I guess kind of the, the end bo- And like, I feel like any sort of assumption of Pascal's personal motivations and wants is also like totally, uh. We don't know. We don't know those internal conversations. We are totally guessing. Oh, will Pascal be happy? He won't be happy as a third guy. Maybe he will. Like, we don't know. We don't know anything. Um, We'll come back. We'll get into the good, the bad, and the hmm to round out this episode of the show. Before we do that. However, got to tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel, where uh, right now it's the perfect time to score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Simple as that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. I, myself, not a a huge sports better, but sometimes I'll get in there, throw a little money down. I like a futures bet here and there. Uh, Maybe you want to go in. Maybe you're a baseball fan and you're looking at Shohei Otani and his next team odds. Maybe the Blue Jays are going to pony up that scratch and are going to go and try to sign them. You can go put some money on the Jays being the team to, in fact, sign Shohei Otani or any other team, if you want, for that matter, over at FanDuel again it's not just the nfl if you're a basketball hockey baseball any sport under the sun fan you can go they have spreads player props over unders and so so much more so visit fanduel.com locked on and kick off the nfl season fanduel official partner of the nfl and of the locked on podcast network okay rounding things out here as we do on every single game recap version of the show it's the good it's the bad it's the hmm a thing we liked, thing we didn't like, thing that got us a little bit intrigued from the most recent game played by your Toronto Raptors. Uh, Big V, let's start off with the good. What you got for your good?
1: For my good, I am going with the man, OG Ananobi. I, I just thought yeah. that, uh, you know, tasked with having to guard Wemby out the gate um, and then also uh, providing the offense, uh, I thought was uh, huge and I thought, throughout the game, he would, he just seemed like in such a flow and just seemed so into it. And then again, go back to the putback he had late to tie the game, just an amazing, amazing performance to give 15 straight minutes to clo- close, out, uh, regulation, uh, was amazing. And then he gets, you know, a quick breather and then he's back for the OT as well. So I thought he was, uh, absolutely amazing. And obviously Scotty deserves the headlines, mm-hmm. but, uh, pretty good supporting act there from og
0: speaking of supporting acts my good in this game yak a really nice game from him maybe his best of the season 16 and 10 8 of 10 from the field he gets three steals and a block and for me the very specific good of yak in this game was just seeping into space off of drives and being such an easy outlet for very easy passes for very easy float shots and those shots have been falling all season for him he's missed some bunnies um, but we know he's got that kind of push shot range on lock most of the time. Uh, really good in here. You know, good stuff off of Scotty, off of OG, off of Pascal drives and uh, Dennis, of course, as well. Uh, he's just very good at kind of finding those little pockets around the rim where no one is. So he can put up those quite easy bunnies that he's quite good at hitting. Um, the bad. What was your bad in this one?
1: Well, um, <laughs> the obvious answer uh, is Pascal. Sure. But, um You know, I I think I will probably go uh, change it up here uh, as opposed to what we talked about pregame. Oh, wow. Pulling an audible. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think, you know, coming into the season, we we probably had some pretty solid expectations of uh, McDaniels. And I I think he's just really struggled. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously the shooting hasn't been there. I think he's just like really struggled to find a rhythm. And it's kind of getting increasingly difficult. Uh, to see uh, where he's going to find minutes (laughs) going Mm -hmm. forward. And so Mm -hmm. that's just looking uh, really tough right now. Um, Not to say that he won't come out of it at some point, but uh, bad start to the season, um, came in for a little bit, and again, just looked pretty much the way he's looked all season. And so (laughs) Darko gave him the quick hook. And yeah, that's what I'll go with for my bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was pretty bullish on Jalen McDaniels being a big part of key bench lineups for this team, and they tried it, and it wasn't working, and they might just have better options in the form of Otto Porter Jr. and on down the line. Uh, There will be times because Otto Porter Jr. is not playing every game from here to the end of the season. I can tell you that. So there will be certainly opportunities for McDaniels to slide in there and try to get back in the good graces. But, yeah, it's not been pretty. Uh, My bad is the transition in this game against the Spurs was really bad. Put them in a spot where they were down by 22 points going into the half or at, at one point in the first half. Because this team, as much as their offense hummed along at a perfectly fine clip yesterday... This is not a good half-court team. This is a team that has to run, and this team yesterday ran with a transition frequency of 13.9%. That is just not nearly enough, especially since that is really kind of the spot where Pascal Siakam gets the most of his work done these days and he's been fantastic at it he's got a 1.4 points per possession clip in transition this season that's down after a not very good game against the spurs easily his worst transition game of the season he's been automatic on the run the raptors have been automatic on the run they've scored hilariously well on the run for the most part but their half of their transition offense in this game Offensive rating under 93, worse than their half-court offense, which is not a place you want to be and hope to win a lot of games if you are the Toronto Raptors. Of course, they got bailed out by Scotty's utter brilliance. That'll happen when great players are being great players, but um, did not like the lack of verve of the transition game. And it feels like the last few games, it's been a little bit more muted than it was in the early part of the season. I'm curious to see if they can kind of get back to their running ways, because that is still going to be a way to prop up their offense, I think, long-term. It's um, kind in the hmm. What was your hmm from this game, Big B?
1: My hmm is uh, Darko's substitution patterns. And uh, I think in general, just his adjustments over the course of the game, you have a first half like that. And with a new head coach, you want to see what the response looks like, right? And so Mm -hmm. uh, I think the turnaround, you got to credit some of that to him. I think uh, two substitutions, uh, stretches that kind of stand out more than the others is probably, you know, giving Scotty. Uh, that breather late in the fourth, and saying, "Okay, you know what? I'll take this chance here, knowing that you know if I do this, maybe those those final four minutes are going to be exactly how we draw it up." Right? Mm-hmm. And he took that chance; that paid off. I mentioned before that OG played 15 straight minutes. Um, and the then...
0: full Patrick Patterson to close <laughs> the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and so you know he kind of kind of could have just gone to the well as he had already done and just been like, Hey, it's overtime. We need you kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Which uh, we've seen uh, in seasons past, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think getting him that breather to start the overtime uh, and then finishing it out uh, was definitely risky, uh, but paid off and you got to give him credit for that. And I love the fact that he owned it post game too. Right? Mm-hmm. And he just was kind of like, hey, shame on me for <laughs> getting for playing for fifteen straight <laughs> minutes, right? Yeah. yeah, and so I think uh, that's that's good honesty, uh, that's good accountability. And rookie head coach, he's gonna uh, take things from each game and learn how to get better and learn to make this team better. And I thought the way this team responded in the second half and overtime uh, obviously shows that they're very uh, committed to the head coach right Mm -hmm. Uh, and and really want to do well for him so uh yeah full marks to darko and uh looking forward to seeing how these substitution patterns play out in, in other clutch minutes
0: yeah i mean i gotta say as someone who long has been clamoring for coaches to like get a little bit creative in how they run out lineups in overtime it's like how about a guy with fresh legs as everyone else is gasping for air no we must play the same five guys who close the game all the time through all the five minutes that's the rules of overtime uh, really cool to see someone have a bit of a different take, even if it de- did, again, come on the heels of him accidentally giving OG Ananobi the full two-pat by playing him the entire <laughs> last 15 minutes of the game. Um, my, hmm, tied into this a little bit more specific, Otto Porter Jr., getting Grady Dick's minutes in the sort of core bench line that they've had, where it's been uh, Dennis with Pascal and Yak, and then usually Grady and Gary Trent Jr. in as the shooters on the wing. You saw Otto Porter Jr. get those Grady minutes at one point in this game. And honestly, I thought that stretch in the third quarter probably coincided with Pascal's best stretch of the game, too. Um, turns out, like, team context matters. Putting good players around good players that fit and all that stuff matters, et cetera. Et cetera. But I think, uh, you know, I'm not opposed to Otto Porter Jr. taking those minutes if it's going to lead to positive production in those minutes. I don't want to see Grady Dick excised from the rotation entirely, just 14 minutes in this game. He's got to hit his threes, obviously, just 24% so far this year. You want to start to see them fall, but I made four assists in this game, including an absolute bullet of a dart pass to Scotty from one corner to the other that I'm going to be thinking about for a while. It's just a totally nasty baseline pass for a three, Um, and, you know, he does some good stuff out there still but yeah if auto porter jr is going to play like he did in this one kind of doing the exact auto porter jr six points two threes um that is uh a really really welcome sign if he can play regularly and i would imagine we'll see him over the next little bit as the schedule gets a little bit less back-to-back heavy over the next week or two here um that's gonna do it for us, uh, us today though man we've uh we've talked i think a lot about this game there's plenty to dive into that we'll kind of tap into over the course of the rest of the week we'll have joe wolf on later in the week uh making his little stop in to talk about what's going on with the team um and a couple other potential guests we're working on too and some fun episodes we'll do a mailbag this week probably with katie if you want to get your mailbag questions into in the discord as well Um, but in the meantime Big V anything you want to promote for the good people out there
1: Uh, usual stuff check out my work at Sportsnet at Yahoo Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob if you're a cricket fan make sure to check out my Substack newsletter play in the V and that's pretty much it
0: Hell yeah. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. You can find the discord link is in the description. Come hang out. We'd love to see you in there. Join our little family around the show. Uh, we you can, also you can also find uh, the show on Instagram at locked on Raptors as well. And that's going to do it. We'll be back again tomorrow. Unsure of the content for tomorrow, I kind of want to maybe do a bit of an assessment of what's going on with the bench and our trust feelings with the reserves on the Raptors and all that stuff. Uh, we'll also have Katie on on Wednesday, hopefully do a mailbag then, as I said. We'll have the Mavs game broken down on Thursday. Joe Wolf on along on Friday. It's going to be a good week here on the show. Thanks for being along. Thanks for being every dayer of the podcast. We will talk to you again on Tuesday with another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.